Well, guys, we're going to talk about what we have to be grateful for this holiday season in politics. And then more importantly, my most epic and recent parenting failure around Santa. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Oh, I am going to do it. I am going to sneak in one more podcast before Christmas, even though you may not listen to it until after Christmas, or maybe you will. Maybe you find that your Christmas Eve is remarkably uncalendared, because mine is remarkably uncalendared. I plan to go to church at 4 p.m., go get a Starbucks or maybe some other kind of coffee that is a little bit less politically stated, and drive around rich people's neighborhood in Franklin, Tennessee, and look at their Christmas lights, and go home, put on Christmas jammies, and do the things, and go to bed way too late to wake up way too early. That's my calendar. I don't know about you, but maybe it includes my podcast. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're hearing this later. I'm not sure. One way or another, I want to um, tell you a little Christmas story (laughs) about parenting and Jesus and how hard it is to um, parent as a Christian, goodness gracious. But before I go down that road and into that story, we have something to be very grateful for this holiday season outside of the obvious Jesus, Joe Manchin. We can all be very grateful for Joe Manchin because Joe Manchin, and I have said it before, and I feel like perhaps I will say it again, is like a sent from God Christmas miracle. Like he is really ironically placed and positioned in the Senate for such a time as this, you guys. My goodness gracious. Joe Manchin from West Virginia has yet again been essentially the sole blockade to the socialist, to put it mildly, communist, to put it more fairly, agenda in this country. And he has officially put to rest the Build Back Better bill, say that four times fast, that was passed the House and and in the Senate. And should Joe Manchin have stayed true to his Democratic label, he shoulda, coulda, woulda voted to pass Build Back Better, and we would be not building anything back ever again, better or worse, or it would be tragic if that had passed. And he, it didn't even come to a vote because he said ahead of time, I'm not going to vote for it, and so it's dead and buried, which is just so great. Now, I recognize that there were a lot of really appealing bullet points, namely the one that they like to parade all over CNN, um, free daycare. And I understand that that would be an advantage and a benefit. But also, I'm not afraid to say that I do feel like as a Christian, I'm ready to go ahead and say that it's okay if you're a mom. And this is a high-performing 
mother telling you this, it's okay if you're a mom and you just want to be a mom. And it's okay if you desire to have a family unit that is intact. It is okay if you fight for your marriage. It is okay that marriage is hard and you want to stay in it and go to counseling and all those things to stay as a family unit, to stay in the, I just, let me just say it, gender roles where women are more present in the home and men are more of the provider. Again, this is coming from someone who for many years, the majority of the years of my marriage, I have been the provider. So I don't know, call it ironic or I don't know. I, I can say that because I, I know that the world will tell you otherwise, that the world will tell you that you're supposed to want to go be a champion of all manly things, of all things worldly, of, of you know, success is dollar bills and all the things. And I'm going to tell you it's okay if you just want to be a mom, if you want to prioritize your kids and your family and your marriage. And if that's the case, then you don't really have as much need for daycare. But if you're a single mom, I totally understand how that would be um, a really appealing bullet point. But I want you to also recognize that the, the only reason they're offering that, again, is because government wants to be in every single moment of your day and life. And if they can get to your kids when they're two and three, instead of four and five, when they come into the public school system, if they can start even younger, disassociating them from Jesus and disassociating them from you, then they're going to do it. And it's going to be quote unquote for free, but nothing is free. It's all with an enormous tax debt that will fall on those very children who would need to be babysat. So let's not get caught up with freebies of socialism. Let's just not. And let's redirect our this whole monologue to Joe Manchin. Let's just be so grateful for Joe Manchin this Christmas season. And if you have it, if you have a minute to send him an email, send him a Christmas card, send him a present in the mail, please do it. Even just an email of encouragement. I have sent him many and I will send him many more just saying I'm not your constituent. I'm not I don't live in West Virginia, but I you represent me because you're in the Senate and I'm in your country. And I am grateful that you are standing on principle. And the reason he voted against or would not vote for, I should say, Build Back Better is because he recognized the outrageous um, cost financially that that would be for generations to come. That is the least of our concerns, although it is a major concern. There's so many with that one. So we're grateful for that. But I will say that the Senate and the uh, current resident of the White House will turn their efforts to uh, voting laws and that is equally as important to be in prayer over and hope and pray that Joe Manchin as well as uh, Kirsten Cinema out of Arizona um, oh gosh uh, I can't think of his name out of Georgia it's escaping me there's a couple of senators that I will be emailing in the coming week between Christmas and New Year's just to um, voice my concern, even though they're, I'm not their direct constituents, because Senate is really important. This, our Senate is really important, and they, they are the final goalie in a lot of ways to fundamentally changing the way that we do things here in America. So I'm grateful that this didn't get passed. But we are not out of the woods. There is a very fierce battle yet to be waged. And please do not be deceived by the rhetoric of, you know, Republicans and conservatives want voter suppression. It is so wildly 
easy to vote. <laughs> it is so wildly easy to vote. And again, I just, let's just for fun, talk about the irony of we have to argue at the very same moment that it is racist to require identification to vote. And yet in order to go into a grocery store in New York City, you have to show your vaccine passport. Let's just not even go down that road of, of just how strange it is that we are trying to argue out of both sides of our mouth right now. But all that to say, there is no voter suppression happening, but there is a true, earnest, fundamental desire to change the nature of this country, to, to change the foundation, the, the fundamentals of what makes America so great. I hate to borrow a tagline from you know who, but Indeed, uh, we still have a battle to be waged on that front. So that's political updates for you as we enter into our Christmas season of just being grateful. And I just have to tell you guys a quick story because, oh my gosh, my daughter, who is 10, just turned 10 in October, I had to have the conversation with her that Santa isn't real <laughs> uh, yesterday. And... I hate parenting sometimes. It's so hard because if I knew now what I knew, if I knew then what I knew now, I wouldn't even be in this boat and blah, blah, blah. But here we are. Here's the story. So I am a, as you heard in my last podcast, a huge believer in Christmas magic. And it, I just love everything Christmas. And as you know, I grew up not a believer in Jesus, and so Christmas was never about Jesus. There was never that part. I never went to church. It just wasn't a part of the story. I fully believed in Santa as a kid. I do remember the moment that I found out that Santa was not real. I was like 11, maybe 12. I knew in my head and in my heart that Santa wasn't real because I was like a smart kid. But I wanted to believe, and so I, I didn't fully like go all the way in on he's not real. And I remember driving in the car with my mom, and she needed me to be in on a Santa secret for my younger sister. And so she, she had this moment where she's like, oh, I, feel, I have to say something. And uh, I could tell she was, you know, having a little internal battle. And she said, you know that Santa's not real, right? And I did know, but I had never had it so you know, blatantly said that way. And so I, I was like, oh yeah, like in my 11 year old, you know, oh yeah, of course. And she's like, okay, well then I need your help on this, blah, 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 and whatever. And we went on about our merry day. And maybe I cried later. Like I la later remember, like I remember feeling sadness that like, it's not real. Ugh. And oh my gosh, I, I entered into the whole Santa charade when I became a mom because I was saved like one month before my first child was born. And so there was no question, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, the sanctification process is not overnight. We do not change everything about our life. The moment we believe in Jesus, it is a slow process of, of Holy Spirit revealing things and convicting us of things and showing us like maybe don't wear that low cut top anymore and you know maybe don't wear this or say that or I remember being very convicted to stop cursing so much like it's a slow process and he reveals things one at a time and there was no time for him to reveal to me 
that Santa maybe wasn't the best choice to, or I should say, I love Santa. I don't mean to say it's not the best choice. For me, I wish I would have presented Santa as the fictional character that he is and it always included him in our Christmas traditions, but was honest with the story that this is fiction, but it's no less magical. It's no less wonderful. And the true gift and the true focus and the true celebration of this holiday is not Santa and you get a bunch of gifts and I'm going to patrol you for the month of December and make sure you make no mistakes and that you're feeling all the Santa guilt of being good to your siblings and all that. That's not the point. The point is you aren't great to your siblings all the time. You aren't perfect. And there is a person who sees you when you're sleeping and sees you when you're awake, like creepy song alert, right? He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you've been bad or good and he forgives it all. And that is the gift. And that is the true reason for the season. Meanwhile, there's this jolly old St. Nick character that comes in and we play along and we love him and whatever. I wish I would have done Santa as a fictional character. I did Santa the way that I had had Santa done to me, which was a hundred million percent real, just like lie at all costs, <laughs> like hide, sneak, be very stressed as your children get older. Like that's how I did Santa. And I'm sure a lot of you did Santa this way. And I remember having, uh, oh gosh, Cadence, my oldest was probably like three years old and I had a one-year-old and I remember talking to my friend and, and she said to me, I don't do Santa with my kids. And I was like, why? And she said, because I would not want my kids to one day find out it's not real and question what else I was being dishonest about as their parent, question if I was a place where truth was given, and question if Jesus was real. And oh my gosh, I lumped all that. I was like, oh friend, I'm not even worried about that. Like I know that there's a very distinct difference between Santa and Jesus. And I know that my child is not going to, when they find out Santa's not real, also assume Jesus isn't real. Like I'm not even worried about that. At the time I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Okay, of course I wasn't worried about a, a dang thing then. But as my very, very wise oldest daughter has grown into a 10 year old. I am like, oh my goodness gracious. And I am very careful not to lie. I am very careful not to lie. I will fill in blanks and I will let, I will ask them, well, what do you think? My, my eight year old recently was like, I don't believe in Santa. I'm like, oh, tell me why, why not? What do you think about that? Or why do you say that? Or whatever. I'll ask questions, but I will never directly lie because I don't, I'm bad at lying. I was an actor for 15 years. This served me zero in preparing me to maintain the Santa, you know, shenanigans for however many years. All that to say, I had in my mind how I wanted to reveal that Santa was, was not real whenever that time came, whenever the questions got hard. I had in my head how it was going to go and I didn't know when that moment was going to be. And I have to be honest with you, this year, as my daughter is 10, going on 38, I felt all the God nudges that I should, this is, it's time that this has gone 
too far. And you guys, please don't miss here. If I don't mean to judge or make anybody feel a burden over this at all. I'm literally just inviting you into my internal struggle here. So please don't feel any judgment from me. I'm a hundred percent in on the Santa illusion. <laughs> and I'm telling you how in this moment yesterday, I was like, oh, it's coming back to bite me. So I just want to go along with me and you can totally disagree with me and you can totally do Santa however you see fit because I fully believe that God prepares us for everything we're going to walk through and he also, we are the exact perfect parent for our exact perfect child and so whatever you're doing is the right thing and whenever it's revealed, it'll be the right way and there will be wonderful lessons and if you're listening for Holy Spirit, he is always faithful to show up and guide you and he was certainly faithful yesterday. So this year I was getting all the nudges from God that maybe it's time, maybe it's time to reveal this to my oldest. And a couple of things, first of all, she, I would send her, I have an office <laughs> that is separate from my house. It is a, that's where I'm sitting right now. It's in a, it's in a separate building and the presents were all in boxes in a kind of secret place in the office, but not, not like it's around the corner that no one ever goes around that corner. But like, if you went around that corner, they'd all be right there. So I'm not very good at this because I don't know where to even hide everything and whatever. But it was all in regular boxes, so like it wasn't super obvious, whatever. I kept sending Cadence out to the office to make copies of things for school. And every time I would do it, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to come in. She's going to tell me she saw everything or whatever. And I couldn't remember to stop doing that. So then I moved everything into our camper because I'm like, I need to wrap it. This was the other day. What day is today? Today is Wednesday and this was Monday. It was my wrapping day. So I moved everything into the camper because my husband was going to take the kids out of the house to go shopping for me and they were going to be gone, have lunch. And I had all day to wrap stuff and whatever. So I'm pulling it all from under my bed. Cadence saw something in my closet. My, my youngest who's six was like, what are those Legos in, in the closet? Oh my freaking goodness gracious. Right. I'm like, Ugh. so obviously the Legos can't be from Santa. They have to be from me because now he's seen them. I'm trying to keep track. I am the person that has a, a label that you write with pen if it's coming from mom and dad. And then with a Sharpie, no label, just right there on the wrapping paper, there will be the first letter of your name. This cadence, merit, or gauge. This will be how you know what's from mom and what's from Santa. And Santa has his own wrapping paper where I will burn the remaining Santa wrapping paper on Christmas Eve night because I can't have anybody see the wrapping paper that was only in Santa's gift. This is how far, maybe acting did. Maybe 15 years of acting did prepare me because I was really deep in the deception of hiding and sneaking and lying and tricking, all that to say. So I've got all my separate wrapping paper and I'm making, you know, like checking my list and checking it twice and all the things. And I get everything wrapped and I'm like feeling, oh yeah, all I have to do is lock this freaking camper because nobody ever comes out here anyway. So as long as it's locked, because you know, sometimes it's unlocked, then there's, they won't see it and whatever. They might ask, why is the camper locked? If that ever, you know, whatever, I'll come up with some brilliant excuse. On Monday, nope, on Tuesday, Monday, I do all the wrapping. Everything is wrapped. It's all perfect. It's ready to roll for Christmas Eve in the camper. Tuesday, we have a plumber at my house which we've had many times this year. That's another story. And the water's off. And so when the water's off and you have to go to the bathroom, we have grown, gotten into the habit with all the plumber at my house this whole year of using the camper's bathroom. So my daughter, and this is how I know 
Holy Spirit was guiding this whole situation, my daughter alone, not with my two younger sons, but just my daughter went into the camper to use the restroom and she saw all of it. <laughs> she saw Santa's workshop. Okay. It's all there. And she saw it. And because my daughter is wonderful and I like to think that we have a great relationship, she came right in the house and told me. She could have not told me. She could have told her brothers. She could have brought her brothers in there to see it. She could have ruined, like it could have all been ruined for everybody. She came in and told me, I know where you hide the presents. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I just saw them in the camper. And I, my reaction was anger. And I'm sad about that because I was, I have tried so hard, I feel like, to do the things and hide the things and make sure the wrapping paper and do all the games and blah, blah, blah. And it was great and fine and fun when it didn't matter. But now that I have a smart person that's looking me in the eyes, I feel like I am being dishonest to you and it didn't feel the same this year as it has felt in years past. And so my reaction was anger because I feel like I've jumped through so many hoops and here we are in the 20s of December, we're almost to the freaking finish line and she sees it all. And I have a choice to make. I, I get angry, I go outside, I'm like, I'm just trying, I said something like, I'm just trying to make surprises happen for you, you know, like, and I know she felt responsible and I'm so sad that that's, the initial reaction I had. I get the camper keys and go lock it. I thought I had already locked it. Both of the camper doors were unlocked. God had a plan here, y'all. Because I swear up and down, I locked both of those camper doors. So the fact that they were both unlocked just was a nudge from God that I did this, this is me. We're going down this road together. So I locked the camper and I come back in the house and I know I have a choice. I can be honest with my child or I can lie farther. I can make something up. I can try to deceive more, or I can just be honest with my daughter. Now, did I want the magic of Christmas the way that I have created it to end when my daughter was 10? No, I would have loved to play this illusion out as long as it would have lasted because I love the magic side of it. I hate the lie side of it, love the magic side of it, right? But I pull her in the house, and I could tell she's upset because she thought I was mad at her and I apologized and I'm so sorry, I'm not mad at you. That is not your fault. And I had to sit down, tell me what you're feeling right now, tell me what you're thinking. And we had, to have, we had an hour long conversation and there was tears shed, but it was beautiful. It was a wonderful opportunity for me to tell her where I failed where I fall short to tell her what I wish I could have, would have, should have, and to tell her what I'm glad for and to tell her how smart she is and that she will have the blessing of having walked with the Lord for so many years before she's a mom that I know she will be so equipped to handle this however she sees fit to handle it as a mom when she has to make the choices that I made and bless her heart. She's like, mom, I'm going to do it the exact way you did it, which makes me cry even now. But I am, I know that God had his hand on it. And it's funny that we talked about Narnia and Harry Potter in my last podcast, because I was able to tell her, I wish I would have presented Santa. I wish I would have never not done Santa. I love the idea of Santa. I love this, the joy of Christmas morning and presents and all of that. And I would, I would not not do Santa, but I would have presented Santa as, the, as a fictional character, which he is. And it wouldn't have erased the magic. And she said, well, what do you mean? Of course it would have. 
and I got to draw the parallel of, you love Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. We knew from the get-go that Harry Potter was fiction. He wasn't real. And yet we know what he looks like. We know what Hogwarts looks like. We know his, his story. We're in his story. We wear his shirts. We wear his pajamas and his socks. We love Harry Potter. It's no less magical. Actually, the reason we love it so much is because it's so full of wonder and magic and mysticism and, and just imagination, right? It's such, there's, there's so much magic, even when we know from the very beginning that it's fiction, that it's not real. We, it doesn't take away from the magic. And I had to ask her, now that you know the truth, what do you think you lost? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, what, what do you lose? You know, you're still going to get all those presents you saw in the camper. You're still going to have a wonderful Christmas morning. You're still going to have Christmas that's filled with magic. And she asked, well, do I still get Santa presents next year? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I got Santa presents from my mom when I was in college. <laughs> like, we still did Christmas morning with secret presents that came from some person, right? The magic doesn't have to end. The gift and the blessing doesn't have to end. But I said, now you're invited into the generosity side. You've only been on the receiving side. And so many of us as Christians will walk our whole lives out on the receiving side. And I know the heart of God is that that's okay. (laughs) He did it for us. He sent his son for us. It's absolutely a plan for us to be on the receiving end of his wonderful grace and blessing and and joy and just outpouring of abundance. It is totally his plan for us to be on the receiving end of that. And as children, that's all there is to Christmas is we're on the receiving end. And I said, you get to be Santa now. You get to come into the other side of the fold and you get to be a part of the generosity. You get to be a part of the blessing, a part of the gifting, a part of the abundance for your brothers, for your friends, for whoever it is. You get to be a part of the magic without lying, right? Without being dishonest, but with with just contributing to the joy and the wonder and helping people to refocus on the reason why we're giving gifts is because we're celebrating the best gift that was ever given, right? Now you get to remember that more than ever because you're not, dis- you're not, you know, um, distracted by an idol of Santa. You're not putting something else in the place of what you know Christmas is really about. You're totally focused on the blessing. You totally know the truth of this. You totally know that yes, there is a Santa. There is a Santa. It's me. It's your dad and and your mom. It's the people who love you. It's your father in heaven, right? There is a a person, a man who wants to bless you, not just on Christmas, but every day of your life in such abundance. And of course, I'm like, if I know, right? I Again, I'm so great at knowing scripture and not being able to cite where it is in scripture. But this came to me as I was talking to her because God is so good. I was like, if I know how to give you good gifts, if your flawed mom and dad, on this planet, know how to give you these good gifts, how much more does your Father in Heaven know how to give you good gifts? This is just an example of if you feel the magic today on Christmas, if you feel the abundance and the joy and the blessing on Christmas, just from us, just from your parents, who we love you every other day, like we're we're flawed, we don't even know, we don't know how to give you the blessings of Heaven. If, If you feel that much joy from this, Just imagine how much more your Father in Heaven will give you 
and how much abundance and joy and blessing is poured out in heaven, right? Like, just imagine that. This is such a beautiful parallel. So although there was tears and although it was a really hard conversation and I did not want to be having it like four days before Christmas and I would have loved it if the magic continued for her, I feel like there is a renewed magic for her. And yes, my little boy is my eight-year-old, my six-year-old are still <laughs> under the illusion. They're part of the lie. But now that I've done it once, I know, I know more now how to transition not out of it, but into it. <laughs> How to transition out of focusing so much on the stress and the tricking and the deception and into the abundance and the joy and the blessing and the gratitude and the gift that truly is Christmas. So that's my story of being a parent <laughs> and having, oh, just having one of those moments where I'm like, I knew that would happen. I knew that would come one day. And I just, like I said, I wish I knew then what I know now. I would have made different choices probably. I would have presented it differently, whatever. But God knew then what I know now. And he had me do it this way. So there is, oh, and this is the best part. After my husband comes home and he sees like, you know, I told, I might've called him in the midst of my anger and asked, aggressively if he had unlocked the camper and he did not in fact unlock the camper and so I was like okay whatever I gotta go bye so he knew that much that somebody maybe got in the camper and saw things and so when he came home and he saw Cadence and I sitting on the bed he was like you know okay I guess okay and he asked if she wanted to go hunting she's a my tomboy farm girl bless her heart so she goes off to go hunting with dad and I had some time, the boys were playing outside to just kind of reflect and clean up. And I put on a podcast as I do when I'm doing dishes. And I felt Holy Spirit say, listen to this podcast. And it was a, it was from a gal that I don't, I've listened to one of her podcasts, but I followed her because someone else told me she's a good Christian to follow. So I followed her, but I'd never listened to her podcast. I've only listened to one. But I felt just this strong nudge. Holy Spirit was like, click on this and listen to this in this moment. And I click on her podcast. And the most recently updated podcast from yesterday was how to do Santa as a Christian. <laughs> and I just like looked up and I'm like, Lord, I hear you. Thank you. And I listened to the podcast and it was everything I had just told my daughter. And when she got back from hunting, I told her, I was like, you know what? This was a God nudge. I I know more every second of this thing that this was meant to play out in exactly this way and that you're ready and God knows you're ready to know this and be on this side of this. And this is the podcast <laughs> that Holy Spirit had me listen to while you were out hunting with your dad. And it was just so such, you know, confirmation that I don't need to feel shame. I don't need to feel regret or remorse. God is so good. And he is just shining light on my heart right now as it's broken a little bit. But he's like, you are doing the best you can with what you have in the way that you've been given it. And I just felt so convicted that we're on the right track and, and parenting is meant to be lived, lived out in front of your kids. We're not meant to be perfect. We're not meant to get it right the first time. We're meant to be flawed. We're meant to tell them that we don't actually know what we're doing and maybe we would have done it differently and they're going to be so much better equipped than we are because isn't that the dang plan for us to equip them to be without us, for us to equip them to be better than us. And I hope and pray that that's what I did in this Christmas season. So I want to wish you all just a very Merry Christmas as we head into this holiday. I hope you guys are 
so focused on the true meaning and the blessing of this holiday. And I hope you as parents are walking in that truth, even if you're still amongst the illusions and all of that good stuff. This is again, not about judgment, but I hope you can just pivot a touch and, and help shine a light because the enemy is so good that he's gotten so deep into this. He's gotten so deep into this that he'll have us lying and sneaking and tricking when really all we need to do is point to Jesus. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, thank you so much for having your hand on this situation and guiding me as an imperfect parent through it and revealing to my wonderful, beautiful daughter, your wonderful, beautiful daughter, the truth of the number one giver, the number one abundance offerer, the best gift. Lord, it is so much better that she would be looking to you as her provider than creepy Santa man, right? How strange that we focus so much on a stranger when we have someone who knows us and we know so well that is truly the best gift giver. How much more do you want to give us than we can even give to our children? Lord, help us to focus on your son and you and the reason for the season, as cliche as that sounds, as we walk into Christmas this year. In your son's name we pray. Amen.